aec-business.com. Business inspiration for architects, engineers, and contractors. I'm Philip Wiley, and my guest is business coach George Headley. We're going to talk about the challenges of construction businesses and how they could stay successful even in a down economy. George, you're known in the construction industry as a professional business coach, popular speaker, and author. What inspired you to start helping construction business owners? Well, I, I don't know. I guess I got got hit with a bug. Uh, I was a president of several um, uh, over several years. Uh, a couple of construction organizations, uh, local uh, associations, and then I, because of that, I spoke a lot and I um, got involved in a lot of meetings and a lot of groups, and so I just sort of enjoyed it. Uh, I also was doing some counseling, um, personal counseling uh, through my church and through money management uh, I was working on, and so I just always liked helping people. That's sort of my passion is helping business owners, so I figured uh, eventually when I had the time, to invest in that, I would uh, try to try to build a, a consulting practice of helping uh, business owners, and I, I specialize in contractors who uh, who I can help because I am a contractor. I've fought in the trenches and built a large company, so you know I have the skills to be able to help them. So it's just it's really my passion. I love doing it, and uh, wish I could help more. <laughs> okay, that's wonderful, and. Actually, how are construction firms different from other businesses, and why? Well, contracting is very uh, unique. Um, uh, the joke is you're always working yourself out of a job. You do a really good job for somebody, and then it's over. And uh, it's not like you're selling a product where they need a product, they shop around, and they come and buy it, so you kind of sit and wait for your customers, or you do marketing and advertising. In construction, you literally have to go out and and find customers and present to them or bid to them or price to them, and then hopefully they select you, and then you bid it, or excuse me, you build it, and then you work, then you're out of work. <laughs> so uh, it's a little different than uh, you know you open a donut store. People always need donuts or uh, bread or lunches or whatever your business is, uh, or gasoline, whatever it is. So. It's uh, people don't need a new building every uh, three or four weeks or three or four days. So it's just a tougher deal. You're always looking for new customers. Uh, you can't sit by and wait for uh, referrals. You know, you got to be proactive. You always got to be proposing. In fact, uh, half the business is finding the work. The other half is doing the work. And uh, that's the difference. That's the difference. A lot of, a lot of retail businesses, you know, if you're on the corner, people need gas. They stop in. So that's the difference. It's uh, a lot tougher because you have to be uh, a full service business person. Okay. And, and the, the, the industry is not the same as it used to be 20 years ago. How have clients' expectations changed over the years, George? Well, uh, 20, 30 years ago, it was built on loyalty, trust, handshakes, uh, Kind of pride of uh, being a builder, being a contractor. Um, there was significantly less competition uh, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, there was half the com competition for the same amount of work that there is today, uh, especially in the United States where I'm from, but around the world it's the same. Uh, and so there's a lot more competition, and competition drives 
um, the, the proliferation of additional services required. So customers over the last 20 years have become very sophisticated because contractors are uh, plentiful. And so because of that, they're able to demand more services. So today a customer demands a very tight contract, uh, technically competence, uh, technical skills, instant communication. And the main thing is, you know, providing a great quality uh, workmanship and good service really doesn't matter anymore. It's expected. So you're expected to be uh, an excellent provider of services and an excellent provider of workmanship. Where in the old days, you were known for your quality or you were known for your fast speed, and therefore you had an edge. Today, uh, with the additional competition, everybody's gotten better. Uh, you know, it's just like going to a restaurant. I mean, there's so many restaurants now. If you don't get good service and good food, you're just not going to come back. And so because there's so much competition, uh, you have to actually do more today to get less, which is an interesting concept. You have to provide more service at a lower price. Uh, and so you really got to be uh, a better business person, have more productivity, know your costs, uh, instant communication, an excellent safety program, uh, an excellent management team, training, where you really didn't need that in the old days. It was just kind of power it out, do good work, integrity, and uh, you're going to get, uh, you're going to make some good money. So it's much tougher today to be a full-service contractor than it used to be. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty tough out there. Uh, what are some of the beliefs that long-term construction business owners have about doing business that might not be true? Well, my, my push over the last three or four years is the economy has slowed down and pretty much reached bottom and is starting to turn the corner a little bit now. But as the economy was shrinking – before it was shrinking, there wasn't exceptional amount of competition. There was just about the right amount of competition. So basically, if you did a good job, uh, you turned in a good price, you did pretty good work, you're going to get enough work. Uh, if you did enough jobs, you're going to get you're going to get enough work to pay your bills and to make a nice profit. So you didn't really have to have a business development or a sales and marketing program. You just had to bid enough jobs and put enough proposals out there, and you're going to get your share. Uh, because the, you know, I like to say a rising tide lifts all boats. The tide was in, uh, the, the ocean was rising, people were making money. But when the tide went out, um, people continued, contractors continued to do business the same way, which meant they, um, they kept trying to bid more work, bid their way to success. The problem is when they used to bid against three and four other contractors, uh, that number increased to 5 to 10 to 15, and, and as many as 20, 20 competitors on a project, which means the odds of getting it are 1 in 20, and the only way you're going to get it is to have a really, really stupid, cheap price. Uh, and so contractors didn't know any other way to do business except bid more work. And so that business plan doesn't work in a tough economy, uh, but that's all they knew how to do because that's what they've done for 30 years. And so today, to be successful, you have to have a different business plan. There's two parts to the business. There's do work and get work. So you've got to be really good at doing the work, and then you've got to be really good at getting the work. Well, getting the work involves sales, marketing, business development, customer relationships, 
and focusing on a niche service where the, where the level of competition is lower. So what I like to profess to contractors today, if you want to be successful in a tough market, you have to be in a, in a, uh, a market or a project type or a product type where the competition is low, and, and that is where the barrier to entry is high. So when there's a high barrier to entry, they require a, an exceptional safety program, an exceptional QC quality control program, exceptionally well-trained employees, exceptional technology, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you, you can compete with the 80% by selling price, or you can make a lot of money by lowering your competition by being better and different than your competition. So that's the struggle for the old school contractor who's never had to think about their business as a business, but they thought they used to think of their business, uh, basically if you, if you do a good job, you're gonna get enough work. And, and that just doesn't cut it today. Mm. And, and what happens to your company if, if you're not able to keep up with the development and competition from newcomers? Well, what's starting to happen now, um, obviously, as the economy slowed down, you know, there's always newcomers. Uh, when people get laid off in a slow economy, they start their own company and they do small jobs, but it does eat into the total uh, job uh, available to, to propose on or to build. But as you start to fall behind, you get desperate. You know, the, the, uh, the, rat, the rat wheel or the hamster wheel gets, you have to go faster and faster. And so to keep the wheel moving, you have to, you know, you seek, you seek volume, you seek jobs. So you just keep lowering your price um, and uh, try to buy your way to keep your crews busy. And so eventually that comes to bite you. Contractors today, uh, I've seen contractors not charging for equipment, not charging for uh, enough for overhead and profit and just trying to buy work to keep busy. And when that happens, eventually you run out of cash. So right now you're seeing companies who haven't kept up, who haven't changed how they do business, uh, running out of cash. There's going to be, in my opinion, more people go out of business this year than last year, and next year than this year, because uh, eventually seeking volume is gonna, is gonna eat you alive. And so uh, without making those strategic uh, different changes to your business model, uh, you know, changing from a price-driven model to a customer relationship-driven model or, or a niche market model or a service ongoing revenue model, uh, you're going to just stay on that hamster wheel chasing price and eventually run out of cash. Unless, of course, you've got a real uh, big sugar daddy who, Keeps feeding you. Okay, <laughs> right. Which uh, is probably not going to happen. <laughs> That's true. Unless, right. unless you inherited a lot of money, right? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, and you know, and the the old, you know the old joke, Philip. How do you make a million in construction? You know, inherit five million. <laughs> oh, right. Very good. <laughs> yeah, and construction is very sensitive to economic fluctuations. Um, do you have any examples of companies that have been able to go against the tide? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have these coaching groups, and we get together a couple times a year with uh, you know ten or twelve uh, business owners. They're all contractors, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the ones that are very successful, and I would say 70, 80% of the guys that I work with are successful. What they've done is they've gone after specialty work mm-hmm. where it may be a little less uh, economic driven. For example, colleges and universities are always expanding. And so that's a very difficult uh, customer to get in front of. But once you're in front of them, you've got a lifetime customer with low competition. Another another example is uh, medical and healthcare. We all know that that is, you know, that's the rock. It's never, it's not going to get any smaller. And it's a very difficult market to get into uh, because of the requirements of cleanliness and uh, uh, night work and uh, just perfection required and technical knowledge. So companies that have focused on uh, industries like medical or um, uh, there are other industries, perhaps uh, large manufacturing companies or um, private companies that are very safety focused that only hire companies with excellent safety records. Um, and then, of course, uh, as the housing market shrunk and stopped in some markets, uh, the apartments uh, demand increased. So other companies that have done really well have focused on apartment renovations where they where they go out and they get large um, uh, accounts with large apartment owners who are who who own or are buying uh, lower value apartments and increasing the quality of them to increase the rent and to uh, stay up with the demand for new renters as the the homes have stopped being built. So if you just think about where the money is and go for the money versus competition, um, you're able to, uh, you know, maintain profitability and actually grow your business. I can give you five or ten examples of companies I know really well that have actually grown their bottom line during this recession by doing just what I've talked about here. Oh, excellent. And uh, what would make a a construction business less vulnerable to to the economic turmoil at the moment? Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, You know, when the economy was good, you could could specialize in commodity construction and still be successful. Shopping centers, uh, uh, tracked homes, you know, there's a lot of them. It's easy work. Uh, You could get your share and make good money. but and, and so we tended to, uh, as contractors, tended to, you know, have two or three, four good customers, not have to bid a lot of work, not do any marketing, not do any sales, and not really have a business plan, just bid and get work. And so as the economy shrunk, the companies that had uh, diversification did more than one kind of work. For example, I can think back when I was building my construction company in the 90s and the economy slowed down. And uh, people would call me up to do service work. And I said, no, I'm too busy for service work. We only do big jobs. But when the big jobs stopped, I sure wish I would have had a two or three or four or $5 million service business. Mm-hmm. And so the companies that are very successful today uh, are diverse. They have a very large, maybe 25 to 50% of their gross profit comes from service work or ongoing monthly revenue accounts. Uh, and then the other, uh, you know, 75 or more percent is diverse. Maybe they'll do um, medical and maybe they'll do food processing, for example. Those are two industries that have not shrunk. 
Right. Uh, maybe they'll do refinery work. That hasn't really shrunk. We need more gas. Or maybe they'll do um, uh, apartment work and um, homeowner association renovation work. Now, that's hard work, hard to get. You have to be in sales. You have to make presentations to homeowners, board of directors in the evenings. You know, it's not the traditional nine to five, pick up a set of plans and turn in a price kind of business. It's difficult, but you're going to survive and you're going to actually make a lot of money in a tough economy because nobody, most competitors, contractors don't want to work that hard to go out and get work and uh, become a, a more of a sales driven, marketing driven organization. Right. And, and what would be the first step business owners should take if, if they want to change their company's course for the better? Well, definitely they should hire me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, they need, I call it, you're going to have a grand reopening. If you, if you could start over, you know, you got to ask yourself, if you could start over, what would you do different? Would you keep bidding the same jobs or would you be more diverse or would you seek better management team? Would you be more sales and marketing driven? Would you seek ongoing revenue contracts? Would you seek uh, more of a niche niche marketplace? You know, most people would totally, um, I've asked this question many times in the last five years as I've done seminars and workshops and spoke at lots of uh, annual meetings uh, for, for associations. You know, what would you do different? And Seven out of 10, eight out of 10 said, you know, I should have built a better customer relationships. You know, I asked the question, how many of you took your top customers to lunch? And most of them say never. Really? And so they, they didn't rely on building loyal customer relationships. They relied on their reputation of providing quality work. So in their, they're in the working business versus the business building business. So you would never build startup start a new business without a marketing plan, a written business development sales and marketing plan with, with laying out exactly what you're going to do for the year. And, of course, you need a strategic plan for your business. Uh, you know, how do you get your productivity up? Uh, one of the big things is just knowing your job cost. Uh, I would say 80 to 90 percent of all contractors really don't know their job cost. They, they, you know, at the end of the year, they add it up and hope they, you know, made some money. So every week, you've got to know your job costs on every job. Um, you've got to have systems in place so your crew knows exactly how to start a job, do a job, finish a job. Um, you have to have a good, strong management team, somebody 100% accountable to get the work done, and somebody 100% accountable, accountable and responsible to fill the coffers with new work at a, at a gross profit margin that you need to make a, make a net profit. So you can try to do it yourself. You can get a consultant. You can get a coach. Uh, you can join an association, go to their meetings. There's lots of ways to get education. Uh, you can take seminars. You can read books. Um, but uh, it just takes a decision that people call me when they say, help, I'm stuck. What do I do? And you, until you get to that point, you just hope it gets better. Most contractors hope it gets better rather than look themselves in the eye and say, I need to change because uh, they don't want to try something they feel uncomfortable. So uh, they don't know anything about sales, so they don't do it. 
and they don't hire anybody because they're afraid of hiring somebody because they don't even know how to manage that person. So it's like a it's like a downward spiral in your sink going down, and uh, unless you're willing to get off that treadmill uh, and try a new way to do business uh, and change yourself first and how you manage your day as a business owner, uh, you're not it's not going to happen. You're not going to get off that. Uh, flat line or uh, downward slope, which you know is going to eat up your cash in a tough market. So. Right. And and um, George, where can our listeners find out more information on this subject, and and how actually can they contact you? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I have several eBooks: uh, Profit 101 for Contractors, uh, How to Win More Work in a Tough Economy. Uh, I have some uh, several several ebooks that are uh, I would gladly offer anybody listening uh, a free copy if you just send me an email and just say um, uh, just say send me the free information you offered uh, on the on the radio uh, or on the interview and I'll be glad to do it. So my name is George Headley H E D H E D L E Y. And my email is gh at hardhat presentations, hardhat presentations with an s dot com. And I'll be glad to um, email back a kit, a little mini business kit that might help them and give them a lot of good ideas. And of course, you can always go to my uh, website. I have classes online at hardhat biz b i z school. HardHatBizSchool.com. I have uh, 20 hours of tape classes on there available for contractors to learn business skills. So anything I can do, give me an email, and uh, let's see how we can. If you need a referral, if you need a good idea, if you need a resource, just send me a note, and I'll uh, I'll get back to you. Okay. Well, thank you very much, George. That's That's been excellent. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Philip. Uh, good luck, and uh, thank you, and good luck to all the contractors out there trying to grow their business. Go big or go home, right? <laughs> Excellent. Take uh, care. Have a great day. Thank you, Philip. Okay.